What's up, Abilene? Welcome to episode 14 of the People of Abilene podcast. Really appreciate you listening in today. As always, I'm Grant Vandiver, your host. My conversation today is with Howdy Wayne Lizenby, and he works for the city of Abilene. His role is to oversee capital projects here uh, for the city. And I wanted to visit with him specifically about Adventure Cove, the new city pool, city water park, whatever you really want to call it. Uh, It's in town. It was officially opened yesterday, which is the 15th of June. So if you're listening to this later on, it's it's obviously been open for a little while. But I want to talk to him about the process that the city went through uh, to create this idea to, to pass the bond and then how they have gone about planning and implementing uh, what the city, what the citizens of Abilene really wanted part of their community. And so uh, it was a great conversation with Wayne. He's incredibly knowledgeable. We got into some real, the details of what was going on behind the scenes uh, and explaining what, um, why different elements were included and what, why some weren't and, why they decided to not make it all connected and, and all, I mean, an amazing amount of detail that Wayne's able to go into, but I wanted to release this today. I know it's not usually a Tuesday, but I want to release it this weekend after it had officially been opened so that people hear it. They will know that they are now able to go to, to the adventure cove and experience it. Uh, there'll be all the details uh, are in the podcast as you listen to it. We did record this uh, a few weeks ago before uh, all the details have been finalized. So there's a little bit, uh, a little bit fuzzy on a few different things, but the the truth is, is if you go anytime during the summer, it's open seven days a week, go out and experience it and, and just be incredibly grateful for your neighbors and for your friends that passed the bond in 2015 that made this um, project possible. It's, it's a pro I'm too old to even go and enjoy it, but it is something that brings me great pride and great joy that we've got this in our community uh, and I can't wait to uh, hear about it and, and talk to people that are, that are getting to use it. And I hope that you all get out there um, and enjoy um, this great project that, that we as a community decided was important and uh, really proud of. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Howdy Wayne Lizenby talking about um, kind of starting off with talking about where he uh, was born and raised and how he became in the position he was here uh, today. Grew up on the Four Sixes Ranch north of here, and my dad got the name from an old Western movie. Um, but I did not go to Texas A&M. Yeah, I came here to Hardin Simmons, uh, and loved Abilene and haven't left. And so I've been in Abilene since that time. I've been in municipal government and uh, public sector uh, service for about 15 years, and absolutely love what I do. And so that's kind of how I got here and how I got to what I'm doing today. Did you did you always want to be in municipal government? Was that kind of the idea or did you kind of, it, how did you get into it? It's actually more of an accident. Um, I, I went to college, got a finance degree and came out of college with a 10 year plan. I was going to be a bank president in 10 years. There you go. Um, which was completely unrealistic <laughs> and that's what kids coming out of college think. <laughs> Uh, and so I started off in banking uh, and enjoyed it, uh, but I did realize that you're really kind of sitting around waiting on someone to die or retire before there's any opportunities to move up. Mm-hmm. And uh, 20 years from now, no one would ever even know I was there. 
and so uh, at the time I was in banking, I was also a youth pastor, and uh, the uh, uh, I was at a church in Anson, Texas, doing youth ministry, but I was working in Abilene, and I was looking for work uh, in the community that I was a youth pastor in so I could be closer to my kids. Right. And uh, a, a municipal job came open out there, and uh, so I applied for it. Um, and got the job and fell in love uh, with uh, public sector work and, and doing stuff for the community. So you, you were in Anson. What you said, we were talking about before we started recording that you eventually became the city manager of Anson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what does a city manager do for those of us that, that don't really understand exactly what that means? Well, at the age of 25, I didn't know that either. Um, but you really serve as um, kind of the, the chief executive officer uh, of a very, very diverse organization. Uh, and so you're not running a business that does one thing and does it well. You do everything from streets and potholes to police and fire. Um, in some communities, that includes EMS response um, to, to water, to trash, to if, if it is necessary and important to a community, you've got your hands in it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's an incredibly diverse uh, range of services uh, that you provide for the community. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, and what I love about municipal service is that what I do every day matters, not just to me and my kids, but my neighbors, my community, uh, the future of my community. Um, what I do matters yeah. uh, at a very, very real and practical level. And I find that very rewarding and very important. When when you think about, um, and you kind of touched on it just a little bit just then, but um, how, how hard or what's kind of the process of making decisions that will affect things as soon as they go into effect, but also keeping in mind that, you know, where your kids and, and their kids and their kids are going to possibly be affected by, by things that go sure. on in the government? Right now, I think one of the challenges, um, I don't know if it's just human nature, but I know it is American nature, is that we look at right now uh, and we focus on what's happening right now and what do I need yesterday. Uh, But in public sector work, you really have to think long term. You have to begin with the end in mind, as Dr. Covey says. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so, that has to be part of the internal mindset that you bring to every project, to every day, is I'm not just dealing with today, but tomorrow and years out into the future and, and what's coming, and keep that in mind. To me, that puts even more significance and importance on we need to gather as much information and the best information we have to make decisions. Because if I am knee-jerk reacting to today, I probably don't have the best information. I'm probably not fully thinking about 20, 30, 50 years from right. now. Um, and that's why people will still be cussing me 20 yeah. years from now. <laughs> um, so you're in Anson for a while. Eventually you come to come work to here in the city mm-hmm. of Abilene. Um, what, what, did you, what was your role when you first came to town? When I first came to the city of Abilene, it was in the water department. Okay. And I was in the water department for about 10 years as the assistant director in water. And then I've been in this current role as director of capital projects for about a year and a half. Okay. Um, so you have kind of been at the helm for the, I guess, the, probably the entirety of what I really wanted to visit with you today about is, is one of the biggest 
um, I think impacts to summer family life sure. in, in Abilene uh, for as long as I can possibly remember um, in town, and I, I lived here my whole life. Uh, what, what's that? Pro- what was that process? Where, who, where did the idea come from? What, what was kind of the process? Not to, to where we are today, but just to kind of get it off the sure. ground. Um, and I actually came into this um, after it was already well okay. on the way. Okay. Um, when when the genesis for the idea of the Adventure Cove and the water park was created, I was still in the water department at the time. Okay. Uh, but uh, the people in community services, um, they also have a, a real sense of what the community needs now and out into the future. And recreational opportunities for a community are, are, are very, very important. And it's, it's easy to lose sight of that. At my home and my personal house, um, I have more than four walls, but I basically have four walls and a roof. That's an infrastructure issue that keeps me out of the weather. And my HVAC system makes it manageable yeah. so that I'm not dying in the winter or in the summer. Yeah. Um, we have water, we have sewer, we have trash. We have the basic infrastructure at my home. But I also have a TV in the middle of my living room with cable yeah. because there's recreational things that my family likes to do. Yeah. It's not all focused around the TV, but for my house to be a home, I have to have the water and the sewer and the trash. I have to have a driveway. I got to have a roof. But there's also things that me and my kids and my wife need for our soul mm-hmm. and, and for our recreation to recharge our batteries. Well, the same thing's true for a community. You need the basic infrastructure, but you also need recreation. You also need those community services or the soft items, if you will, because the community has a soul just like you do. And and so we have to try to be aware of all of the needs of the community. And so recreational activities in the summertime, when it's hot for our kids, having water parks and, and water recreational activities for the kids is a need. Uh, it's not just a want. It's something that the soul of our community needs to have. And so someone put some planning and some thought into it would be nice to take the existing swimming pool that was Rose Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, that facility was built in the 70s, uh, was beginning to have some structural problems. Um, for a community our size, it had very limited capacity. I think you could get 200, 220 people in there. Is be the, crowded. Was, 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 <laughs> But it would be very, very yeah. crowded. Yeah. But that was the capacity. Um, on a on an average day, you maybe had 60 people there. On a busy day, you had 80. Mm-hmm. And that was the only pool that, that the community had to offer as recreation for our, for our kids. And so they began to, to, to ask the question, what else could we have besides the old pool that's there? And they began to put together a plan of, of what could a water park look like. We never had the idea that we're going to create a commercial water park that is a regional attraction like Slitterbahn or right. Hurricane Harbor or NRH2O. Uh, I, I, I don't believe the city is in the business of providing commercial water parks, Absolutely. but we are in the business of providing family recreational opportunities. And so we really wanted to create a, a family water recreational center uh, to replace the old pool. Uh, there was uh, some polling uh, that took place in the community to get some feedback from the community. What do you want to see? What would you like to see in a family aquatic center for Abilene? 
I believe the number one thing that they said was slides. They, they, they wanted some yeah. kind of water slide feature. Uh, they wanted a pool that had a, a beach entry so that kids and people with disabilities could easily get into the water. Um, surprisingly, deep water with a diving pool was not at the top of the list. Uh, they did say they want a wave pool. The community would really like to have a wave pool. Uh, and also at the top of the list was some kind of a lazy river. And so as they were putting the budget together, uh, the bond election happened in 2015. But I think they were really putting budget numbers together as early as 2013, 2014 okay. wow. as to how much money do we need to ask for to put these things together. And that's at the time they landed kind of in the realm of 6 to $10 million is, is really what we need, not for a commercial water park, but just for a family recreation center. Yeah. Um, fast forward to 2015 when the bond committee's putting things together and looking at what's going to make it to the ballot. Uh, they landed on a $6 million ask. And they felt like at the time for that amount of money, you could get the majority of the things that the community asked for. And so the bond election passed, that proposition passed, and we began to design what is now Adventure Cove. And the top priorities that we had going into design is we wanted to, to maximize the amount of surface water because the surface water directly tells you what the capacity and headcount is. And so we could have made one big large pool with a lot of surface area and get a lot of people in there. Yeah. But that's not what the community asked for. They didn't ask for a big pool of water that a whole bunch of people yeah. could get into. They wanted slots. They wanted a lazy river. Uh, they wanted a beach entry. So then we started looking at, well, if we have one body of water that has the beach entry, that has the slides, and has the lazy river, is there some efficiency that can be gained by connecting all those? Yeah, there is. There's some efficiency that can be gained by having all that connected into one pool. The problem is you have no, this is more of an investment yeah. You don't have no diversification right? because if a pump goes down, pump you goes lose down. everything. Yeah. Uh, if a filter goes down, you lose everything. If little Johnny or Susie has an accident in their diaper in the water, you lose everything. Yeah. Everybody's out of the water. Well, if we have the lazy river separated from the leisure pool and a filter goes out in the leisure pool, we still have the lazy river. Yeah. We still have the slides. If little Susie or if my granddaughter shows up and has an accident in her swimmy diaper, you don't lose the entire park. Yeah. And so that's why we begin to design with these features separated so that there is redundancy so that we don't lose the entire park in the event a filter goes down or the event that, you know, somebody gets sick in the water. Um, we can respond quickly. We can get it back open, but we don't lose the entire park. Yeah. And so all of that led to where we are today at Adventure Cove. Uh, we have um, what I think is uh, one of the few in our entire region, uh, the water slide structure that we have. It's three stories tall. We have a body slide and a tube slide um, that um, are great features for our community and it's what the community asks for. Uh, I think the young people in our community are really gonna enjoy 
that slide, and they're going to get a lot of exercise going up <laughs> three stories of stairs to, to come down the, the slide and go right back up and do it again. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, for those that just want to relax, uh, we do have the Lazy River uh, that you can just float in. Um, in the middle of the Lazy River, there's what's what's called a vortex. It's it's not a true whirlpool, but it's it's like a whirlpool. Um, you don't need a tube. You can just get in there and just hang out and relax. The water's circulating, and you can just relax and talk with your friends and be in the water. Um, there will be opportunities uh, to get all the tubes out and have exercise events where you can swim against the current in the river. Oh, yeah. Most people don't think about the exercise opportunities that you have there swimming against current. So, no, we don't have an Olympic-sized swimming pool that people can swim laps on. But we have a current that you can swim against that is a very effective form of, of exercise uh, that can be available for people. Uh, the maximum depth, the deepest water we have at this point is four feet okay. uh, in the leisure pool. Uh, so, beach entry, the little kids can come in there at the beach side. We've got play features for the little kids to play in. Uh, moms and, and grandparents can be there with their kids in the very shallow water playing in those play features. So there's something for the toddlers. Slopes down to a depth of four feet. That's a leisure pool. Uh, you're not having to tread water, but you can swim. You can do aerobics. You can do exercise things in that water. But it's also at a, at a good average depth for people to just be in the water and enjoy getting out of the heat. Yeah. Uh, and there's enough room for, for people to be in there all at the same time. So you can be in the leisure pool, you can be in the lazy river, you can be in the, the vortex in the center of the lazy river, uh, or you can be enjoying the slides. And so we tried to get as much capacity and still give the community what they ask for. And so the last thing I'll say is that we designed all of this with future expansion in mind. And so we've got the utilities available so that we can come back and add a wave pool. Uh, there was a lot of interest in a wave pool, and wave pools are very, very popular. It's also about $2.5 million for a wave pool. Yeah. So if we put a wave pool in, that's about all we got. We'd get a wave pool and a leisure pool, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And, and so we felt like for the community, our best move was to put the wave pool in a phase two expansion. And if the community's interested in that, we can add that. The infrastructure's there, the space is there. We can add a wave pool and some deep water uh, in the future if that's what the community wants. That just increases the yeah. capacity that's there. But bottom line, we wanted to give the community what they ask for as close and within the budget as we could. We had a $6 million budget. We ended up at $6.6 .6 million. So we went over by 10%. And I feel that this is a park that the community can be proud of. Um, it's not NRH2O. It doesn't have the capacity of thousands of people. And in a community the size of Abilene with 120,000 people, um, is this Adventure Cove by itself enough for our community? No. But what we had was a swimming pool from 1970s that had a capacity of 200 people and on a busy day, there were 80 people there. What we have now, it's got a capacity of 510. I'd venture to say this summer, <laughs> it's gonna be full. Yeah. And so we have greatly improved what we offer to the community in terms of recreation and to our young people. Is it 
everything we need? No, but it's a start. And so, again, we've got to keep thinking down the road, down the future, what does our community need, and are we responsibly planning for the needs of our community? Well, and it it doesn't surprise me that that's the direction that that the the community wanted to go and and the city followed up with is, and I've talked this a couple times on the podcast, is I remember going – Growing up in Abilene, going away to college, and and living with and and you know going to college with people from larger communities, I'm like, oh man, must have been a real drag yeah. to grow up in a small town like Abilene. And what my my response was every single time was, Abilene provided everything that Dallas provided you, just on an Abilene scale. Yeah, you know, you know, in high school, you went to movies, you went to friends' house, you went to this. Yeah. I did the same thing, but I had. Three, you know, this time two choices for movie theaters, not seventeen. Yeah, um, and, and it feels like this is what you know, and and it did feel like there was times where Apple was kind of just, was slipping behind kind of that that mark, but something like Adventure Cove, it, like you said, it's it's not Hurricane Harbor, but Apple doesn't need a Hurricane Harbor. It, but it needs to, um, and is going to be able to provide. Like you said, that soul, that just something that's like, this is ours. This is, yeah. you know, we, we don't have to drive three hours and pay an obscene, you know, yeah. huge ticket price yeah. to experience a slide. You know, like right. a four-year-old was not going to know the difference between that slide and this slide. Um, and to be able to provide that for the community is is huge. Um, tell me a little about uh, ticket prices. How do people go? What What's kind of the schedule? What, what Where are we at on that? Sure. Um we haven't i don't know that they've landed on exactly what the hours are but i believe it is uh, seven days a week i think it's 10 a.m to 7 p.m are the hours and in order to get as many people into the park as we can we're going to be running a split day okay Uh, and so that means uh, morning shift starts at 10 uh, we can safely get, and capacity is 510 people, so we can get up to 510 people into that morning shift. If if it was all day long, you pay in the morning, 500 people stay there all day. Once you got 500 people in, for the rest of the day, you're turning people away. That's not an enjoyable experience for anybody else in the community. Right. And so we're going to split the day. So you come in the morning shift, probably get there, open up at 10, uh, the first half of the day, uh, then we'll shut down uh, in the middle of that shift. That gives our team uh, a chance to do some maintenance, to do some cleanup, uh, and then the evening or afternoon shift can come in and pay to get in. And so we can get 1,020 people through there every day instead of just 510. Yeah. Understanding that it is uh, a split day and that the taxpayers have already paid for the park, uh, we really didn't want to set a ticket price that made it unavailable for anybody. And so children two and under get in for free. Um, if you're under 48 inches, uh, the admission price is $4. Uh, that's key because the slide structure, you have to be over 48 inches to go down those slides. And so if we have kids that are under 48 inches, they're paying a reduced price because they can't enjoy the slides. Yeah. Um, and then if you're over 48 inches, it's $6, uh, and adults is $6.50. And so we feel that the, the ticket price is very reasonable. That's about what it was for the old pool. Yeah, um, just for the and, pool. <laughs> and all you had was a pool yeah. with about 80 people in it. 
so we feel like uh, the prices recognize that the taxpayers have already paid or are paying for it to be here. Uh, and so it's a very reasonable price for families to come in and enjoy. Uh, we're going to split the day so that as many people as can can enjoy it during the day. Um, and we're open seven days a week. Um, and so we feel like it's, it's, it's a great improvement over what was being offered to our community. Yeah. Well, and I remember being in the city council meeting when we, when y'all were discussing the split day. Um, but it, but, but it reminded me, you bring it up here is just, and you talked a little bit about in the answer of kind of how we got to this point was just how purposeful and thought out kind of every step of the way is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from the responsibility the city feels just being the city government, but also this is, this was a bond project. This is something that the taxpayers have, have, um, as a community say this is important and, and how um, like I, I, I don't know another way of saying it but just how intentional the city and, and the community that's kind of planned this all out has been both in the planning but then also coming to the city council and saying here's our recommendation here's why and, and, yeah. and actually being able to explain exactly why every decision was being made right. was being made and how it was going to impact now and in the future and, and all of those things yeah. and I th- I think it's it's important for people to understand that that we also uh, keep in mind uh, that municipal government is not here to compete with the private sector, and so if the private sector feels that there's enough demand for a commercial water park, the private sector will put one in mm-hmm. because that's how economics works. Exactly. Um, we're not trying to compete with the commercial water park business that's not what we're trying to offer but my house has a tv in the living room and i'm not competing with century 12 exactly but my family we need recreational and educational things and so i have a tv in my living room and that doesn't mean that i'm competing with the movie theater Uh, we have a family aquatic center and it is a vast improvement over what was offered previously we're trying to give the community what they ask for uh, but we're also not intending and never intend to compete with uh, the commercial side of, of water entertainment. Well, in just kind of the last couple of minutes here, why have you? Um, this was all part of the kind of the bond project 2015, right? Was that 20, yeah. May of 2015. 15, yeah. Um, what are some of the other projects that, that came out of that and that bond election? And, and where sure. are we at on some of those that you wanted to um, kind of highlight? The uh, uh, Adventure Cove is going to wrap up in the middle of June. Um, Uh, Within a couple of weeks of that, uh, our fire department is getting a new maintenance facility and three new fire stations. Um, Most people don't realize uh, that having a fleet of fire trucks requires that you have mechanics that work (laughs) on those fire fire trucks. trucks. You can't just take it to the body shop. (laughs) No, and they're currently doing that at an old retired fire station, and that old station is so old that the new equipment sometimes doesn't even fit in the bay. Yeah. And so they're very limited on what and how they can do maintenance. And so the fire maintenance facility that's going out by the airport is going to be completed and in operation in July and is a major upgrade for how well we can maintain our fleet of fire equipment and keep them in service. Because uh, the 10-15 year life on a fire truck, uh, and if we can properly maintain those, 
we're going to get every day of expected life out of that equipment, and that benefits our community. Absolutely. Uh, three fire stations are, are going to be are all under construction right now. Those will be completed in 2018. Uh, the uh, convention center did get uh, a major facelift. That's already completed. Uh, we are doing 25 different street projects, so half of the bond election uh, was on streets. Yeah. So we're making some progress and where those critical needs are in our community. Awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Let me come on and visit with you a little bit. Um, I hope that the community goes out and, and like you said, get there early. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, would, yeah. I would assume that, that <laughs> this is going to be a very, very well-received and, and exciting thing for the community. Um, and it's great to just sit down and visit with you about just kind of how um, intentional the, the, the city has been using the, the bond money that the, the taxpayers have, have put in and um, how it's provided um, something that's going to be like and then we talk, how we started this whole conversation was it's going to be huge the day it opens yeah. but it's also going to have a huge impact in 15 and, and 20 years so yeah. thank you for, for what you do for the city and, and for letting me come on and visit with you pleasure thank you that was my conversation with Howdy Wayne Lizenby of the city of Abilene. I really appreciate him taking the time to, to visit with me on the podcast and tell us a little bit more about the bond projects that were coming out in 2015 uh, and then specifically Adventure Cove. If you uh, have some time or have family members that are interested in going out there, I'm really encouraging you to go out uh, and enjoy that. That is something that the community has said that's worth having, worth investing in, and I couldn't agree with, with the community more. I'm really proud that we now have something like that to offer uh, the community and, and those surrounding uh, Abilene. It, it's great to have something like that in West Texas. We talked a little bit about this with Wayne on the podcast, but we we don't expect or need a lot when it comes to really fancy amenities here in Abilene. We, we enjoy the small town feel, but when we're able to f- provide just normal, uh, a little bit above normal attractions, you know, kind of like the zoo here in Abilene, but different attractions like that that are are really anchors of West Texas. We're able to provide that to the community. I think that's just a, a huge benefit for the long-term growth and long-term prosperity of, of the community, and I'm just really happy and grateful to those that, that supported the bond uh, back in 2015. It's, it's just been really, really awesome to see that go up um, over the past, you know, two or three years. So, Thank you for that. As always, if you would like to reach out to me, uh, Grant underscore 325 on Instagram and Twitter, Grant Vanderver um, on Facebook, or you can join our Facebook group, The Conversation Abilene, typing that in. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, as part of the conversation or reach out to me, someone you'd like me to interview or someone you'd like me to talk to, or if you'd like to be interviewed for, for some reason to talk about your organization that's doing good in the community. Whatever it is, reach out. Uh, the more we talk with each other and the more we learn about different parts of the community and what they're doing, uh, the better off we're all going to be. So uh, until next time, we will have another new conversation at the beginning of next week. Uh, I'll have that posted. Uh, but until then, please keep dreaming big dreams for Apple.